What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell, except for actually today is different. I'm not your host today. Um, today is a special episode. Uh, we are celebrating the five-year anniversary of this thing. Crazy, I've been doing this shit for five years. Went by really fucking fast. But um, today, uh, Mr. Brian Barneclo, who was a previous guest on the show, took over the, the helm took over the steering wheel and um, conducted an interview with me. As if you guys haven't heard me fucking blab my fucking face off enough over the last five years. But um, Brian wanted to ask some questions and get down to the bottom of some things, and uh, hopefully we did that. We are also celebrating the five-year anniversary with a huge group show at the Daniel Rolnick Gallery this Saturday. Uh, It's in Santa Monica right there on Ocean Boulevard, right on the beach beautiful place um go check them at at uh at daniel rolnick on the instagrams and the facebooks and the twitters uh go check out my page at mike maxwell art to get the flyer and all the information there's a shit fuck ton of artists who are all going to be in the show including brian um you can follow him at b barnecklo on instagram or b b a r n e c l o um, so I hope I could see all of you guys out there in Santa Monica. If you're in the Los Angeles area, um, come out. We have like 50 plus artists, uh, some really amazing pieces and even a piece from me. And uh, I'm super psyched to be working with Daniel. He's a he's a rad new gallerist and is uh, like a super rad spirit. Totally fucking um, hyped on the show. And I'm super psyched on his support. And uh, everyone's support who has listened to the show for the last five years. Um, I thank all of you. It's weird. I kind of, I, I, we talk about it in the show, but I get in these ebbs and flows of like feeling like doing the show and not feeling like doing the show. Um, but I think that's just the nature of life. So don't worry too much about um, my negativity sometimes. It comes, it goes. I'm positive right now. Things feel good. Uh, you can uh, follow the podcast if you want to at Live Free Podcast on the Twitters, and we just hashtag the Instagrams. Um, if you guys want to go share, if you get this this episode in your ears and you want to share the podcast with some people, please do so. Let them know about the show that's coming up at the Daniel Rona Gallery. All right, uh, this is a long episode because, as we know, I am a fucking blabbermouth. Um, so. Let's get right into this thing and just start off how we start. All right. Thanks again, guys. I appreciate it. Shout out, producer Lex. All right. All right, guys. Let's listen to me talk to uh, Mr. Brian Berneclo. Hey, everybody. I just started it with that. I just hit record. Oh, great. So we could just go if you want. Yeah, man. I'm here to celebrate you and your thing, man. It's, uh, It's all about honoring five years of... Your uh, Live Free podcast. It's pretty crazy. It happened pretty fast, to be honest with you. Like, five years got by pretty quick. I don't know if it's aging or what, but... Pretty, pretty quick, yeah. Time definitely goes by faster. I think of five years when I was a youngster, and five years now, it's like, way totally different thing. Yeah, it's a completely different concept. You were actually on the episode two years ago? Uh, which it'll be actually two years is the exact anniversary uh, of the 
the podcast group show coming up. There you go. Brings it half half circle. Magic. There's your dog in the background. What's your dog's name? That got a little lipstick boner. Sweet Pete. <laughs> oh, horny little fella. He just gets he's excitable. He's excitable. All right. Well, let's get into this then. Um, All right. I, I suppose I, I don't have any questions for you, but I'll just uh, I'll just ask you uh, what's on my mind. Like you know, like um, I mean, like well, how did how, uh, what started this whole thing? You know, it's like it's so much different from doing art. This is like I mean, where well, do you listen? Do you listen to the radio? Do you want? Did you like have like a, a thing in mind that you're trying to do? Like, what were you trying to do? I think it comes from a few different things. Like, I think I was sort of bred into a person who sort of is a listener. Um, So people have always been willing to tell me their stories. Like, it's crazy. Like, people, I've been approached by so many random strangers who have told me, like, really, like, deep, dark secrets. Uh, And I'm, I'm pretty sure this doesn't happen with most people. Uh, I, I don't know everybody's experience, so I don't know. But early on, I recognized that people were really willing to, to talk to me about things. Um, Why is that? I, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, but I actually, in junior high, the transition from elementary school to junior high. So I went kindergarten to sixth grade, and then junior high for me was seventh and eighth grade, and then into high school. Um, and in between the sixth and seventh grade, they had a, like a little questionnaire that they passed around to all the sixth the sixth graders, and the question was like, "Who do you trust the most uh, to talk to about your problems or whatever?" And I ended up getting voted for it, which was weird because I'm not I was I would never say I was like a popular kid. I was sort of like middle ground, like right. like, but I wasn't like the popular kid who would get voted for something that was like a popularity contest. You know what I mean? Yeah, you could get along with people, but you weren't like Mr. Popular yeah. type of thing, right? And so somehow I got voted for this for this um, questionnaire or whatever. And what it was is following into 7th and 8th grade, they had set up a peer mediation program uh, to have kids sort of help alleviate some of the problems that the adult counselors wanted a younger perspective on you know, to like sort of act as a intermediary. So like, let's say two dudes were fighting, right? Like, or the counselors knew two, two guys were getting ready to fight or there was some type of beef. They would call me in as long as Jesus. like with the other two kids and we'd all have a sit down. But were you getting paid for this? No, not at all. <laughs> but interestingly enough, before that though, they, we all got sent to like, uh, like a local camp here. So like, like a camp where like kids go to sixth sixth grade camp or, or whatever. Um, and it ended up being like a training, like a weekend training program where they got all the kids from that were going into the local high schools, you know, maybe three or four. Um, and they set us up to teach us how to basically be a peer counselor. Right. You know, a weekend thing, but every week we met, like every like Friday or whatever, they took we were got to leave class or every other Friday, and we all sat in a circle and talked about all the shit that was going on, and so that kind of like set me up too, inadvertently. I I feel like it was like an important p- 
part of the story somehow. Um, so it's always been in your nature. It's always been in your nature to, uh, I mean, have you ever like, uh, it's almost like you're a therapist in a way. Yeah. But it, it, the fact that it happens with total strangers is really the, the weird phenomenon part of it. Like people, and it, and I, it sounds like almost like pretentious braggy, like, Oh, I'm so special, but it just is like re- a reoccurrence. This is, this is yeah. what it is. It's one of those things. Yeah. huh? And so within that, you know, like as a teenager, I started listening to like Howard Stern and was really interested in the idea of um, honest dialogue. It's probably around the same time I started taking psychedelics where I kind of realized a whole bunch of shit was bullshit, you know? Um, So I think Howard Stern probably and I don't it doesn't see it doesn't fit necessarily, but I feel like uh, that was definitely a key like figure in. I think a lot of podcasters methods, right. you know, like that open honesty thing. Cause that's what I found later with comedians who were doing podcasting. So let me jump in right there. Sure. What podcast do you listen to? Um, or that maybe inspire you or do you listen to podcasts regularly or what, what, who inspires you on that level besides Howard Stern? Lately. Well, I started listening to, um, Joe Rogan's podcast early on, like probably like 10 episodes in. And I actually, I did his podcast logo. Oh, dope. And then I was listening to Joey Diaz, um, who is another person who I found like really interesting in terms of, uh, besides being fucking hilarious, like being honest, like a, a weird, strange honesty that I, and not, you know, like in in letting like being open about yourself, even if you feel like feel uncomfortable about something, or you like feel like you were a shithead about something, and then you know you realized it or like moved on from a period of time that you could look back on. So like a lot of that stuff, I was I used to watch This American Life when it was the like show on HBO or IFC maybe. Yeah. Um. So I was listening to that a lot. Um. I've been listening to Marin's show for mm. a long time. Um, but I, you know, I used to listen to like AM talk radio a lot. That's actually, I used to listen to Marin on air America before the podcast. Um, and then jumped into his podcast probably like halfway through or something. Um, and then I just, there's, I'm always finding new stuff. Like I like Freakonomics. Uh, there's a lot of different things that I listen to. Um, but, but so what, what made it, what made it so like, I can do that. You felt like I can do this or like, I should do this. Well, it was all the comedians mostly. Um, like, Cause you seem to have like ability. Like I don't have, I, I, I mean, I listen to your podcast. I, I, the thing I like about it is, um, you know, yeah, it's something to listen to when I'm painting or whatever. That's like other artists talking about just the shit that they're dealing with and you know, you can't, it's, it's an alternative to listen to music all the time while I'm painting. And, um, but you seem to be able to flow and ask questions and kind of like engage with people on a fluid level. I don't think everybody can necessarily do that. It's like a gift of gab type of thing. I do. You know, I don't know. I, it's uh like I said, it, I think it just has to do with having conversations like even like from a young age, but I, I had no aspirations of being in broadcasting or, being like on the radio or doing any of this. I just, for me, I saw that there was a void uh, in the artist story out there in that, in that venue, in that medium. And 
for me, it was like, I just wanted to fill that space. Mm. Um, and I, yeah. and because of my previous experience with just shooting the shit, I guess I just kick it. I, I, I think I just tried to be honest. I just, I think it, it seemed Let's pretty natural. Right. And, you know, I come from a family that sits around the table on holidays or whatever, when we get together and like, we all argue and like, like you can, it's hard to get a word in. So I'm kind of used to that. Like, quickly getting in what you need to do or say in a moment. So I don't know there's probably a lot of genetic stuff that plays into it. Do you have a lot of brothers and sisters and all that? I have a a brother and a sister, but my mom's family is um, seven kids. So one brother, six sisters and uh, a bunch of cousins. So, okay. Okay. We all grew up together. A lot of the cousins. Most of my, a lot of them are on the East Coast. Are you still tight? Are you pretty tight with your family or? Yeah. I I don't get to see them as much as I would like to, but uh, yeah, when we can't, when we hang out, it's nice. And so I guess we're talking about early, early life stuff, early life experience. Like how'd you get into like, okay, so that's podcast. How'd you get into art to begin with? Like how did that, how did like. I was I was right in there from the get go. I think just pretty much like most people's story. Um, just like taking art classes in school and stuff, or no? I I got kicked out of the only art class I ever took in school. Oh shit! Yeah. How was that story? Well, it's I. I was supposed to draw a shoe, and I didn't <laughs> like how the shoe turned out, and I made it a robot. And the teacher said, either like draw the fucking shoe or get out. And I was sort of already on thin ice as it was. I I dropped out of high school my senior year because uh, I was getting in too much trouble, and ended up just doing homeschool for the to get my diploma. So uh, that was sort of, I was kind of like a, my like I already kind of knew what was going to happen, so I didn't much give a fuck about any sort of authority figures at the time. So mm-hmm. I was just rebelling against everything. I didn't give a fuck. So, right. but I mean, it also taught me something too, inadvertently, that like I can make whatever the fuck I want, and right. like some prick ass teacher or some perceived authority figure isn't going to tell me it's right or wrong, because um, it never is right or wrong. Right, and I think that's a good way leading into like um, I don't know the current kind of like art world dynamic of these days where like kind of like street art and uh kind of other art yeah is uh has a certain value you know you uh, notice how that, every- that it always hasn't had it's that's relatively new to you know these times yeah it's shifting so, too right or how is it shifting i think there's this weird um resurgence of uh 80s like uh like frank stella sort of um i'm trying to think of what the like general term would be but like uh hardline abstraction or something like that yeah like like a sort of minimalist painter abstraction like uh there's a phrase for it i I forget what the i i never i'm so bad at like like keeping track of what genres are but i'm i'm looking i've been looking at a lot of work from like late 70s to mid 80s and 
I'm seeing like a lot of like whatever whatever the emotion is, whatever it is that gets people into like waves of new things. I feel like I see that transition happening. Well, how does it work for you? Do you see something and try to emulate it or like where does your art come from? It's all feeling. It's all feeling. It's whatever mm -hmm. feels good, like whatever feels exciting, like whatever feels like whatever feels adventurous, whatever feels um, like new. Mm -hmm. I think I'm willing to try anything to a certain extent. I'm, I definitely don't succeed all the time, but for me, well, so like, but to I start, I, you know, like I just wanted to like draw cool cartoons to start. So, you right. know what I mean? So it what was, like stems from that, I guess. So you're in like, what, like uh, coming out of high school age and um, there was like no college or anything like that in your horizon. No, so I, what, I just, I started working right away. Um, right. Actually, I worked at my uncle's motorcycle shop for a little while, and then uh -huh. I think I I went and did some time in Mammoth Mountain, did some like some snow mountain jobs, and then uh, I don't well, is that's when I started doing some stuff out on the street too, like to bring it back to what you were pointing out before, um, and then and then I started working well, so, for so you're talking about art you were doing like like design graphic design or like little well like, this is all art related or were you doing like um you know like fast food kind of like you know like i worked at little caesars for a year oh no i i definitely i did some cook jobs i washed dishes yeah. at a few restaurants yeah. and then when i worked in mammoth i worked at one of the restaurants there too i've yeah. been wanting to get back into restaurant work for like just for the fun of it but it's, it's pretty tough it's pretty tough. And then once you're in there, it's like kind of takes up a lot of time. At least yeah. you get fed though. Yeah. I, I like the, I've been cooking a lot. So the idea of getting in a kitchen again has been enticing, but it's all like just romanticized. Like I know how shitty hot and like funky it is and how like all the testosterone and like the fighting that happens in a kitchen is brutal. Like I've never been in a kitchen where I felt safe all the way. <laughs> hey man. You can't take the heat. It's it's a real fucking expression. For anybody who's never worked in a kitchen, they'll, they'll never really know that actual expression. It's, it's like, yeah, it's total rock and roll lifestyle working in like that whole industry. I, there was a time in my life where I thought I wasn't ever going to get out of it. Like I was just like, you know, but luckily I got fired from one of my, anyways, saying about me. No, yeah, about no, it isn't. So, it, that's the best part about interviewing for a podcast. You can make it all about you like very slyly. <laughs> but, um, that's not what I'm trying to do, but like, know, uh, okay. so you were doing like kind of like design design job, like uh, well, actually, like let's talk about snowboard like graphics or snow industry like skiing or like what like uh, no 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 like I was a grunt on the mountain, but oh I see I see I but I was painting already like I was doing I was actually selling shit on eBay at that time mm -hmm. that's actually how I was making <laughs> it's funny. Like, I was making, like, probably, like, a grand a month off weird little, like, eBay things. Like, right. just, I was making things every day and selling them for, like, there's some stuff sold for $10 and then some stuff sold for, like, a couple hundred dollars. Mostly it was, like, $40 things, but it was every day they were selling. Like, what kind of shit? What, what are we talking just about Just junk. Just, like, I mean, not junk, but, like, just silly stuff. Like, paintings on cardboard, just, like, little, like two color things 
little figures like like cartoony stuff like right. like just weird like and bizarre things what, what what years are we talking here probably like 98 to like like to 99 to almost 2000 maybe somewhere in there oh wow yeah it, it was a couple of years that maybe even before that maybe i was i might have I, it's hard for me to remember exact dates to be totally honest with you but i know but that, it was uh, it was before i was showing in galleries all the time but that was a ripe time for like a lot of the people that have really become heavy hitters in our you know kind of generation yeah you know and i know you've did some stuff with like shepherd fairy right yeah it was uh, and then i met him sort of soon after that so tell me about tell how, how did that what's up with that or well San Diego's kind of like it's pretty it's a big open space but it's kind of tight knit like it's kind of incestuous mm. so we just ran in some of the same crowds and like uh when somebody gets up in the city at the at that time mm. it it was kind of obvious and I had me and my buddy used to like we used to go out pretty hard every week and there was a period of time that we put out a lot of stuff so like the thing what, what were you doing were you doing uh spray paint art uh it was a, it was spray. some of everything a little bit of everything okay um posters some hand-painted stuff um right. my friend was a really good graffiti writer i was never any good at drawing letters so i never really got into graffiti but I always enjoyed, like, I was always figuring out ways to make things outside at the time. Um, mm. And it was, like, and it, it was all, like, that just pure emotion. Like, it was fun. Like, it was an adventure. Yeah, it was different times back then, huh? Yeah, it was way different. There wasn't cell phones. I mean, right. there were cell phones, but people didn't all have one. Right. Uh, there wasn't cameras on every single, like, corner. Like, it was... It was a little bit more free. Um, and so and it was also pre-2000, uh, 9-11, 2001. Right. So somewhere in that time frame, like 99 to 2001, that was like a, a little ripe period of, of doing things outside. And so I think I just got recognized from that and we linked up. And it turned out uh, an artist who I just posted on my Instagram, uh, my buddy um, – Gerardo Lopez, uh, okay. he he was leaving the job that I ended up t uh, filling in for. So, and it was just basically like an assistant job and dealing with all the fucking obey stickers and all the posters and shit. It was just I like know. it was just like a fucking like grunt job that I was used to at the time. But sure. it just so happened that it was in this like really ripe art environment because Dave Kinsey was there at the time too. Okay. And so, and then there was a ton of artists that were always coming in and doing stuff. There was a, a handful of designers who I sort of, I got to learn graphic design via those mm. methods. Um, mm. A lot of like the, like I got to see how a lot of these paintings were made. Um, a lot of art was being made in the, I, I, I had a roommate cause actually I lived with Shepard too for a couple of years, but it, like we had a little granny flat in the back. And okay. this uh, is all in San Diego. Yeah. And I had a bunch of like really rad artists who lived back there with me as well, too. 
and the printing was all happening in the garage. So there was a lot of stuff going on that was uh, an accidental schooling since I, mm. I didn't do good in the academic arena. Not that I couldn't. I just was too fucking stubborn for my own good. You know, like sure. I just it just didn't work for me. Um, and, you know, it was with a list of other problems. But um, so I got to see and learn a lot in that time period. So I, I sort of like account that as my art schooling, even though it's unaccredited and uh, <laughs> just exists in my mind and on the podcast now or whatever. But um, I think that that became think, influential. Like, well, so do you think that's a is that a big deal to you? Like having, do you feel like that's a big divide or something like art school people and just like someone who kind of had experience that you did? Like, do you feel? No, I don't think there's any divide. I think that it creates two separate paths though. Mm. Like, do you think? Hmm. like I was talking about today, how, so there, we form bonds right? Like with people who are like-minded or, or fit into our sort of society or whatever. Um, I was saying how if I run into a jujitsu player anywhere in the world and we both realize that we both play jujitsu, we automatically have a bond that we know we're both sort of okay and we could sort of be friends right away without any, with a, without any of the, yeah, without a bunch of the hurdles. Um, and so... I forget what my point was going to be there. What was the question again? Well, I think it's like you're speaking to like the kind of language that you have with just like-minded people or something. I don't know. That's why I was, thought you were going. But I, I was I was kind of asking like um, as someone who like – I don't know. Do you feel like it's a big chasm between like – Oh, it was the art school. Art, the... art school yeah. and so like... just like – if two arts art if two art center kids run into each other, they're going to have a different type of bond than uh, uh, yeah. the kid who went to Yale or kid sure. who went to kind of academic side. Yeah, so there's, I think there's that. There's like some, and you know, it seems that this art game tends to be about who you know, kind of, or who your friends are, because sometimes even who you know isn't going to get you much, but uh, who your friends are. And who sort of, who's, you know, it's a lot easier to give opportunities to the people that you know, as opposed to some random stranger. You know what I mean? Mm. And so if you can kind of jump some of those hurdles of strangerdom, I think there's some benefits to that. But I, you know, I don't think that like an artist is an artist, really. However, they fucking figure it out. Mm. And then what about like Mike Giant? Where did he come in? Because I I, I I don't know much about your relationship, but you've had him on the podcast a couple of times. And yeah, seen, I, like was he involved? Was he in that area at the time? Or? I know he because was. You, are, you have this whole kind of tattoo. You have a lot of tattoos, right? And yeah, he's tattooed me a bunch of times, right? Um, I've been he, actually pretty early on. So it was around that I met him around the same time, but um, we met in San Francisco. But he was doing stuff in San Diego, too. The graffiti scene in San Diego is really big in that time frame as well, like mid, mid-90s mid to 2000 era. So he was coming down a lot there, too. So I was definitely seeing stuff, but... Um, 
So there's a scene and you were like, I mean, what was it like? There's a scene, I think a lot of people maybe that listen to the podcast or like just maybe not like, you know, they're just like wherever they are. I don't know what your listenership is, but like people just like artists are like lone wolves or whatever in their studios or doing their thing. It's like, you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, there's some perceived scene out there that you're a part of or not part of or something. But it sounds like there was like a scene going on. It felt like it. And, you know, like, I don't know if it's romanticized. I don't know if it's about being young, you know, because, you know, if I was 19 to 22, the pivotal age, I suppose. But you were like running with a lot of artists, and is, I mean, like, what what's what makes a scene, or like, what like talk about scenes? Okay, so I, you know, what I think it the difference between now and then was you actually had to be out on the scene, kind, of, and maybe that's not so different now, actually. But there, it wasn't as easy to stand out. Maybe uh, I, I think that there. Because there wasn't as much of a digital presence to the art scene, you actually had to go outside. You know, you had right. to go walk that's down the street. Point. Yeah, and I think that's, be there. that's yeah, and that's a big difference now. Like that's all. Most of my memories from that time period, like I just picture myself on different corners, on different blocks, like all in the like downtown. 40, right? Yeah, all all the time. You know, and. Now it's probably my memory romanticizing a lot of that shit because I don't or- think so. I don't think so because I remember like in San Francisco too, like around that time, uh, early two thousands, late nineties. It was like a lot of twenty year olds going to art shows and drinking forties and mm-hmm. all of that whole scene. There was a, that scene, you know. Yeah. But like, I don't see that so much at art shows anymore. Like the whole twenty year old. I mean, but that's in San Francisco, and it's a different dynamic. And anyways, that's why I wanted. To hear your take on well it's like i did the last show i went to at la bodega gallery here in san diego there was a lot of young people there i think maybe it's just the different environments i don't know mm. but right. i think I, I think it was easier to feel a part of something back then because the groups were a little bit smaller now i feel like the groups are small but the secondary internet groups are much larger and so that creates a distance among amongst groups, you know, if if that makes sense. So like, almost like there's a bunch of bubbles inside of bubbles to, it's sort of mm. like in terms of like groupings of people, and and because it's such a vast amount of information now, I mm. feel like maybe that sort of separates the scenes. But there, you think it all takes place on Instagram and online and all that. Yeah, yeah, it has to. It has to. Well, I mean, okay. at the moment, kind of feels that way, huh? Yeah, it seems. Well, I mean, I guess has to is sort of relative, but I suppose it doesn't have to. But things would change. Uh, but it would take, you know, we would have to lose technology for it not to be the way it is now. It's going to evolve out of that, but where is it? Where is it going to evolve to? I thought I don't know. Any ideas? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It sounded like you might have. No, I don't know. Who knows? It's impossible. Like. We're in the early stages, I'd imagine, right now. I think it's all very, like, I mean, obviously very early. This is, like, ancient technology we're using pretty much. Like, if you look at big-term thinking, you know, it's, like, that's what I like to think about is, like, this is, like, really, this is really, like, you know, like, the Iron Age or you think of that as, like, a long time ago. It's, like, this is, like, really just, like, ancient technology that we're using right now, you know. But in terms of making art, I don't know. I, 
I don't want to see things made from other things, really. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see like, like. So I got into an argument at the at the um, printer the other day, where I, I was just getting a, an oversized printed out, and the lady's like, "Oh, that's cool. What are you gonna like?" It was just one of my drawings. So she's like, "What are you gonna do with that?" I was, oh, "I'm gonna paint it, whatever." She's like, "Oh, cool. That's cool, but I do digital painting," and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, "Well." It's not really painting. Like you're digitizing something. You're making. And she's like, you don't even know. It's so difficult, and it's so it comes out so good. I was like, listen, I'm not arguing the validity of the art making process. What I'm saying is that it's not painting. Like I want to see painters painting and making. It's using- a good. It's a good documentary, by the way. Painters painting. You should see that. No, I haven't. You haven't. I haven't. Anyways, look it up. So we got into a big argument about whether what is painting, what isn't painting. Okay. And so, Should have but, Dave Hockney in there, by the way. Dave All right, Hockney keep going. Sorry, I keep interrupting. No, it's okay. <laughs> uh, so we just got into an argument about whether, and you know, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna allow a stylus on a piece of plastic to be called painting. But that's just me semantics. I don't know. Is that a luddite? perspective like are you like yes you know, yes ex- yeah very much so because and that's what i'm saying so that's i don't want to like i don't want to see somebody 3d print a painting i'm all for new shit being made but i still need to be able to see a painting that a painter yeah. put paint on like it's real that has hairs in it and that fucking like has mistakes and then it's real like i, I don't want to see a digit i don't want to see a digitized world completely yeah, exactly. Like, like a lot of times, a lot of the thing that fueled me painting is like keep it really simple. I want to use the same tools that like you know whatever whoever like uh, Michelangelo or whatever was using, so that I'm on I'm in that same game as them. You know, I don't know. That's what kind of inspires me. Rather than I mean, you can make art can go any way, right? But like as far as just like taking a mark making device and creating something you're putting yourself on the same level playing the same game as like these old you know all the ancients yeah. people you know but uh do you feel connected is, that way well i mean i don't know i don't think about that much when I'm, i don't really it's not really a conscious thought but like i like i just like to keep things simple in that way of like you know just having a pencil or just having like two colors or just having like you know a brush and some pigment you know and trying to make art like that rather than trying to make the most trying to be cutting edge and make but at the same time you know i don't whatever that's just like how i do it you know that's how i approach it and i wouldn't say that it's any less that somebody's using you know, fucking computer device. Yeah, it's not you less. Know, and I do a lot it's of stuff less. on computer anyways. But I do too. But then it's, I'm all for tools and them being sure. used. But if you make something all in a computer and no paint, if you don't have paint on that goddamn stylus and you're not pushing that stylus against the fucking piece of canvas or board, go fuck yourself. So you guys became friends then? Or what? <laughs> she, she actually got all weird about it. Because, you know, like, again, that's another thing I'm willing to... F- confront i'm willing to should have her on the podcast next maybe. Uh, yeah i don't know she was crazy <laughs> like, she was in my face and like all up like in our business right from the get-go she wasn't even the one helping me she was just getting involved in in the conversation which was fine 
And I'm all for like I'm all for confrontation. She she came up and she apologized afterwards. I was like, "There's nothing to apologize for. We were just having a good discussion. It's okay." You love that, you love that type of shit. It's okay. You love that kind of like little rap battle, not a rap battle, but you know. Yeah, well, I I like you like to get you like, like to, to keep it real. I think that's why you. I think that's why like inspired you to do this podcast a little bit, right? It is. Yeah, it is a part of it for sure. Because in that sort of. I think that's a way of of having uh, maybe that gift of gab that you're talking about is yeah. the willingness to engage with questions. Sometimes, right. do you want to change people's minds, or do you want to do you get your mind changed, or like how does that work? Like how does you know? It's like when I read the newspaper every morning and I see all this bullshit about the GOP and blah 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 and all this kind of stuff. It's just like who are these fucking people? And I want to like. My impulse is to like say something on Facebook or like to go to go lash out, and it's like, what am I going to do? Change somebody's mind or whatever, you know? But like, you kind of we were talking the other day, and we kind of were talking about this kind of shit. Yeah, and it's like, how much of you wants to kind of like do this to change people's mind or change the world or something like that? I I never I don't know about changing the world. But I definitely am interested in changing people's minds for sure. I, I think just giving people an opposite perspective, I know everyone will just will will defend against any opposing perspectives typically if they have their mind set on something. Uh, but you and I were talking about was uh, the actual like like uh, body language of having these okay. types, of, which is funny because like we'd much rather have these conversations in person. Um, and it's hard. You don't get body language from arguing on the internet, but sometimes mm. having arguments, uh, that maybe most people would only have on the internet. I'm very open to have off the internet as well. And just, like I said, I come from a family that sit around and argue at a table. Um, and so like that willingness to engage in that, ah, my, I'm going to lose my, tra- I had lost my train of thought again. Well, that so happens. You- that happens a lot on the podcast too. Like, I'll just start rambling, and I, I just got a comment recently that I rambled too much, assholes. Well, so you like to get into the, like the but, comment section a yeah. little bit, yeah. And, and so I do. Like, I do like do you to want talk about people. that, or do you not want? To- <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, it's it's actually, I have a thing on my refrigerator that says "argue on the internet less" mm-hmm. as a way to a, a happier life. But you love it. No, I've actually been cutting it out. To be honest, I, I have been cutting. I, I've been skipping some arguments that I could have easily jumped into. Why do you skip them? To avoid the sort of it's a it's a sort of bipolar emotional state. Sort of jumping into those things because it's it's exciting to challenge someone and to put a, a separate opinion out there. But then there's like the downfall of it. Like a lot of times I'm arguing against a point that a lot of people support. Like I'm that I'm, I'm the type of person that jumps in for the underdog a lot of times. Okay. If that makes sense. And counterpoint, we'll, kind of like a counterpoint perspective. Yeah. yeah. And I, you, and it's not always that I don't, I, I like to think of myself as a sort of centrist. Is that the word? Centrist? Sure, centrist? sure, sure. 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 You know, like exists somewhere in the middle. And I'm actually, you, 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 at the beginning, you started to ask if 
I I allow myself to get my mind to get changed or do I, I want to change minds and I think it's both. I find the more I talk to people and ask them questions about themselves, the more I learn about my own past experience with, you know, communicating with other people or how other people feel about things. And so sometimes it takes a while, but like the podcast for sure has changed my mind about a lot of things. Um, so let's talk about some of the like uh, uh, podcast history in five years. So like, um, like has like, okay. So you said it, some of it has changed. How would, how is it, how have you changed over the last five years? How have like you went into this thinking what, and then you came now, where are you at right now? I mean, and like, I mean, like, is it, is it all gone the way you thought it was going to be like, well, I didn't know if it would get past five episodes. You know what I mean? Okay, right, right. And so, so is it what I think? What I thought it would be, probably. Like, yeah. Did you have any kind? Like, I guess you just said you didn't. You weren't like really looking that far into it. You're just kind of trying this thing, right? Yeah, it was. It was just go like see what happens, and then it sort of became like, okay, here's the thing to do this week. Like, here's part of like what my shit is. Right, and maybe you know, I think. That it was exciting at first, uh, like having something like be. It was like, it was almost like being published, kind of. Okay, all right. You know, like just being on iTunes. It was like, hey, fuck, I'm on iTunes. That's pretty great. Hey, be somebody, right? I guess I. I don't know for what it's worth, but um, yeah, I think. And so, like, and then as it's gone on, like, um, tell me about the process. Like, how do you choose a guest or whatever? Like, do you, is it like, is it starts with friends and then kind of like you, just artists that you like their work or you encounter them and say, hey, you want to be on the podcast or like? Pretty much, I think it started off mostly people that I worked with in some form or fashion. And that's sort right. of how it kind of, it naturally evolves. Like, I meet somebody somewhere. And we'll talk about something and then just make it happen. Sometimes it's just like social media. It's just Facebook. But it's not, it's usually takes like some time to do. Like I got to sort of run into people a couple times or talk about something a couple times with some people. But I don't (laughs) know. Now it's like, I don't know now. Like, so now I kind of have to find people that I don't know maybe or that I haven't worked with per se. Um, But it's still, it's like, it's such a vast community and it's so wide open now due to the things that I was talking about, what kills the scene. I guess I, maybe I'm kind of trying to pull in a little tight scene again. I don't know, but I think I, what it is now, like I'm looking for different points of view, different perspectives. I'm trying to, um, diversify the, the stories in some way, like from different perspectives. Um, so that comes into choosing what I'm doing now. Now it's, I got this weird feel like I really want to start showcasing maybe lesser known artists maybe, but I got, I have this feeling like I have to get on artists who have like bigger names or bigger followings or whatever to like, it almost feels like I have to keep, I don't even like using the word improving Cause that sounds like super shit, but it's like, I, it's almost like I feel like it's like the capitalist sort of like mindset. Like, I feel like I have to keep growing it, even though it's still the same. It's just a fucking conversation over and over again. But like, I feel like this need to like get people who are more 
famous for some reason. And it's, it, I don't, I consciously don't want con- that. You need a little controversy. You need some like fights and need some like, you know, you know, all that kind of shit. Like, like I don't that's know. what people like to listen to. <laughs> I don't know. You I know? don't think I've fought with anybody really. I don't think. Anyways, I'm being devil's advocate, but no, like, no, yeah, actually, I get famous people get like you know. No, I mean, mean pick fights with them. <laughs> Joking, that's not I, cool. If there was something to fight about, but that it's mostly Mori Povich, Mori Povich style. I find it easier to have a conversation without being a dickhead most of the time. Well, so who are some of the people that you would like to like a little like uh, some just like artists you admire or uh, like people that like a little dream list maybe that comes off the top of your head? I don't Ruby. really have it, but uh, I I've been listening to um, Ed Moses do a bunch of like record like uh, like a podcast one I think it was like a radio show maybe like a uh, like a PBS type radio show. Um, and then the other was like a gallery talk, but it would be fun to talk to him. Um, but I don't really have, I don't know. Um, I have, I'm always ta- like, uh, who? Here's some people. Uh, about, so I talked to Raymond Pettibon about doing the show. Oh, that'd be cool. Pettibone, however the fuck people decide. That's another thing. I can never say anybody's name. But what kind of response? He said he was down, but have you ever seen his Twitter? Uh-uh. You should go on his Twitter page. It's fucking yeah, super weird. Um, but I wanted to talk to him. He's an interesting character and like a badass inkster, right? Ink master. Um, I don't know. Like I, I don't have anybody that I'm like. Oh, I got to get them on the show. Well, so where do you think this is going for another five years? Can you do another five years? I don't know. That I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe this right. is the last episode right here. I it could be. I don't know. Uh, you never know, actually. Um, I don't know. Just got to do one day at a time. See what happens. I, it's hard to say. Like I, I know we talked earlier, and it like grandiose, like best case scenario would be that like I got paid to travel around and hang out with my friends and see cool art and drink beer and eat food and have it be a, a show that is just as beneficial. Um, I don't know how that works. I know a lot of people want to just listen to the show in their studio. So kind of the, just the audio version seems to really be like the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, what, uh, how, what, like, what's it going to take to do another five years? What, like, what do you need like help with? Or like, uh, you know, what would you like to, does it like? Do you, can you make a plea to the audience right now to, like, <laughs> to make the show last another five? I mean, what do you what is what like? What are the hard parts? Let's say. No, just do it. it it's not hard. It. Not right. hard. Just got to do it. That's it. But I, you know, if having a a studio, having people produce the show would be good. But I mean, it's not all completely necessary. But it would take if there there would. It's kind of nice to not have ad space in a show, like to just have it be fucking real. But sure. it, but people can just like you know you skip through that ad space, whatever you know. Yeah, you don't I don't listen know. to that. I mean, I I could see 
I could see getting other people to start doing interviews and having other people talk to other people, like expanding it a little bit would maybe be like having people re- record MP3s and like submit them to the show, like have it maybe expand in that way to where the burden of g- gathering all the stories maybe isn't all on me. That I think that kind of idea is a little is interesting, which is why it was kind of fun to do this. You click the shit um, out of that pen, just so you know. I'm gonna have to go take all those clicks, all every single one of them. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm gonna make you edit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so do, how is it? How is it now doing art? Like, do you feel like this is you're doing this more time than doing art? Are you like spending a lot of time editing this podcast or like? Uh, right now, no. I'm I'm making way more art now. But it's like waves, and that's kind of this whole like this whole fucking art game is kind of like that anyway, right? Like a bunch of ebbs and flows where like things are good for a while, and then you got to fucking kind of slow down and do a bunch of other shit. I feel like the podcast is no different, and I throughout the last five years, I've I've had little like highs and lows where it's like I just stop doing it for a little while, and then as soon as I do it again, I'm like, yes, I love doing this. Because it's not hard. It's, and it's beneficial to, I think, it's kind of cool knowing that people are listening. So I, that always helps. I know, so people, I know the motherfuckers are out there. They are. I listen, but, like, I don't know. It's like, it's a passive thing, right? You listen and then you got to do something else. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't need everybody to tell me that they listen to the show. But it's just cool to find out. And, I, I mean, there's ways for me to know, too, but. It's a mm. it's a weird thing. I got to make time to do it. So a lot of your shows, you're always talk. It always ends up talking about like psychedelic drugs and like uh, shit like that. You think so? Why is that? I, I feel like that's usually kind of the interesting part. Sometimes I don't know. I don't know. I haven't done any psychedelic drugs in a long time. Really? Have you? Uh, a <laughs> little bit. <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I've been, I've been like, I've been smoking a lot less. Uh, oh, I smoke. Herb. Are, do you consider weed a psychedelic drug? Well, no, no, no. But okay. I'm just saying, I've been smoking a lot less herb. And yeah. um, but we had like me and a buddy like had some uh, sessions out in the uh, Santa Cruz mountains around a fire. Nice. Uh, you know, that's really good for you to get to poke at a fire all night and uh, yeah, take some. Take some good LSD. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's been a long time, so I don't know. I don't. I don't feel too much of a connection to that stuff as much as I used to. But to you do. You do it, and then you're done with it. You know, it's like you don't need to. It's like it's scary every time. Yeah, it's yeah. Scary, and like you get like, oh shit, what is this? And like, but if it's good, then it's great. You know. I liked it better back yeah. in the '90s. Just for yeah, there was a period in the '90s where. There's a lot of I good was, acid. I was prolific, <laughs> but uh, but then there was a long period where I didn't like really have anything to do with that. And then just this last summer, uh, me and a buddy were like uh, another painter friend of mine were like uh, going down to uh, Big Basin in Santa Cruz Mountains with the redwoods and like just having all nighters out there with a uh, with a fire and it's just really good for you. It's just really good. To, yeah, that that's the right environment too. Yeah, you, I have to be like that. Like, I wouldn't do it any other way. But, like, I had some great experiences, like, where really just, like, 
Yeah, you have like everything breaks down. And uh, there's, I mean, there's one particular moment where it's just like having this like ultimate psychedelic experience where like you, your body is just like melts into whatever. And you just like, <laughs> you kind of like are separated from it, you know? It's it just it falls into just psychedelic talk, but anyways, like when it's happening to you, it's very real. And so, like uh, your body like falls away, and you're just your your perception. I'll just say your perception because it's your seeing and your it's the whole thing, right? Your sixth sense mostly. Yeah. And you just go into just the what is it like? Just like the actual life that's happened, like the movement of like life or something like that. It's really hard to say like, <laughs> like the air, the, the movement of air and the movement of all things. Like you're just in to, engaged in like just uh, the momentary, like you're it, you know, you're like the same thing as that of like, you know, it's the way like water moves or fire moves or anything. And you're just like, you're the same thing as that. Like the movement of, of just, I don't know, life or whatever. Yeah. And so, but then it just is like a flash and then you just go back into chaos again. You know? <laughs> yeah. And Total fear. Like, what was that? And, uh, you know, and it's like crazy, but like it makes you, and you can't really take it back with you, but you know, I can like sit here and describe it. Yeah. And, uh, but like, that's like a really great place to go and to visit to be able to like, and then like, you know, like, what do you do with that? I don't know, but, it's uh yeah i have a hard time returning to that place these days i well it's a very you have to kind of you know you have to go through like eight hours of it to but um you know it's like i was out in the desert doing peyote in a in a hogan as well and but that was like a completely uh ceremonial experience but um it's a kind of different thing but it was pretty cool too but just seems like you always kind of end up talking about Psychedelia. It's been a while, and I really I don't have I don't have that much interest to. Well, so what what inspires you about art? Like, what is like the good shit uh, these days? I mean, like, like what what like like we talked about like who who you like? I mean, like what like who's doing shit that's like inspiring you, and like maybe you can get them on the on the show and. I feel like I'm in a weird stage, like, right, like, coming into, like, midlife, like, to where, like, I'm kind of just irritated by the generation ahead of me, like, the the generations that have been... You mean the older people or the younger people? Well, both. So, because I'm (laughs) sort of, like, right in the middle, I feel like the people, the generation ahead of me, I'm kind of sick of seeing for the last, like, 15 years. And then... As far as artists or as yeah, as yeah, artists. Okay, yeah. I mean, I still I like that they're making art, but I'm just sick of seeing the same art all the time. Right, and that then kind of and then I'm just kind of mad at the new generation coming in because they have such a vast variety of tools and techniques to utilize. It seems like uh, well, it seems like the capabilities to get good are speeding up a little bit, and I think that's just the nature of technology. Right. Uh, maybe it just Maybe it doesn't make anyone better. Maybe it just speeds up the process like a few steps. Um, so I, I'm super, I'm irritated with those fucks too. I don't know. Like I said, I was looking at, I was actually looking at stuff 
from the 80s has been mm. 70s have been kind of inspiring i was just looking at um old wallpaper david uh, david lynch movies mm. really inspiring food i'm inspired by um by pig fat a lot okay um which i'm digesting a large amount of at the moment sounds Does like that- some middle aged shit it, it does it. <laughs> I'm not quite there bit. though. I'm not quite there, but it, it actually those are the things I feel. You? I'm 36. 36. Um, plants. Plants are pretty inspiring at the moment. Right. Um, what do you mean about what? Like, I'm gonna try to open that up. What about plants? Uh, just, inspiring. Just the way that they look. Mm. Being around them. <laughs> And it it sounds kind of mundane. I'm I'm actually I'm inspired by just kind of pushing paint around, like letting mm. paint and water move together has been most inspiring. Okay. Um, painting kind of natural shapes and like patterns has been like seeing that sort of stuff has been yeah. interesting to me. I don't know if that's interesting here, but. I feel like that's what's inspiring me painting wise. Kind of I'm actually I'm starting to understand minimalism a little bit more like um I was actually I was looking at your piece for the show and mm-hmm. I was admiring there was three little yellow shapes right that like I made my own things of what they were but I like if I just allowed them to just be a shape it was just a shape and actually, I'm noticing a lot of people doing things like if they took one little part of your painting and blew it up to an entire painting, there's a mm. lot of that sort of stuff. A lot of stuff that's happening in New York, kind of. And that sounds fucking stupid and shitty. Um, but there's like some sloppy, like dirty painting that I'm I'm really interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been noticing some people like doing some stuff like that you've been doing for a long time. But like, like taking little parts and like making shapes be paintings some of that stuff is is really interesting to me hmm. uh, oh you know who i'd like to have on the podcast evan hecox would be cool oh uh, yeah the peak, there's a big heaven hecox painting in this uh studio this new studio where i'm at because he did it for i think dial house uh-huh. he's listening he's yeah. listening i have a couple of his um linoleum prints oh yeah guy's good so let's talk about some other names like uh and just uh uh, I'll just throw names out there and you can tell me if you have any thoughts on them. Uh, Espo, Steve Powers. Oh yeah. He'd be cool to have on the show. He actually did. Um, the, uh, the, I don't know what the name of the podcast is now um, that Megan did. But he, he was on an art podcast. Maybe he was he on your podcast. Not on mine on, uh, on another one. Uh, someone like Mark Ryden. Mark Ryden would be interesting to talk to. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah. I, I'm, I have you, I, you know, I'm trying to think, I'm sure I've heard him talk, but I don't know that I've heard him like sit down for a long form interview. Mm-hmm. Like that isn't just written out. That was mm-hmm. another thing with the podcast. Like I was tired of hearing, like just reading written right, out totally. prepared shit. Like I wanted to hear people totally. talk. Yeah. It's a big difference. Yeah. And I think like we were talking about at one point is like even going into their getting a visual element to it, getting like a video of like their workspace or like just eating lunch with them, almost like comedians and cars getting coffee or whatever. Yeah. Getting like a little slice of life would be dope, right? 
But again, it's I think people. I think the people who listen to the show are just artists who are in their studio. I'm, That's true. <laughs> I'm That's pretty. True. I'm almost certain. That, that other one would be a full time production, huh? Yeah, and then you, you people would have to watch it. Yeah. But I know there's they, people out there. But then that's again, you have to be like, oh, you got to get the fucking famous people. Like it's, I was just, it's so funny. Cool, you know, Instagram is set up now to where like it shows all like the like-minded people in like if you look at who somebody's following, it'll mm. like show all the people who you're following too, and kind of categorize everybody to like who right. follows who, and all the fucking sheep fucking knucklehead instagram followers are all following like the same like 30 artists yeah so it goes uh what about josh keys i asked josh to be on the show he was he he didn't want to do i think he felt a little awkward and he's kind of nervous yeah do you get that a lot yeah it's hard to get people to do the show i was nervous before doing this today i'm nervous about every single one of them it's weird, right? Yeah, it's, and there's nothing to be nervous about, but it's fucking nerve-wracking to do it. Well, it's just, just like a feeling. For me, it's like it's kind of disconnected, like talking into the talking into the screen and stuff. Anyways, you're pretty. So you're almost 3D. I'm gonna put the 3D glasses on. It'll be like you're sitting on the. It's like we're playing a board game, like we're playing chess, kind of. Well, I was asked to do this thing for like Periscope, uh, that app. And like, it was like, oh, you talk on that and then people ask you questions, but it was just so it's like, it's that whole thing where like, I think people get really comfortable like talking into a confessional, you know, this whole like confessional kind of situation Uh where you're just talking into your computer. That's the thing that makes me nervous or bugged out because it's just like, I find, I just, I, I don't know. I'm not comfortable with that. But like, and also just. Like, and I talked to you on Periscope too. It's just like, there's a weird delay and it's like, you have to, I don't know. I just want to be in the same room with the person I'm talking to. And just, there's so much that you have to like read and body language and all that. But there's a, there's also, I brought this up before that there's a sort of a comfort in people being in their own space. Uh, mm-hmm. To Like best case scenario would be, I was sitting in your studio with a full recording setup and we recorded there. Like that would be okay. best case scenario. If not maybe not for this, but you know right. for po- podcast scenario, right? Uh, who else? Who else? Did you so who do you, do you hang out? Do you hang out with a lot of artists in San Diego? We have a little crew artists. of artists that that all hang out. Um, like uh, me, Nico Burke, um, Adam Hawthorne, mm. uh, Carly Ely. Christopher Konecki. There's a whole crew. Like, there's this place called the Maker's Quarter, where we got mm-hmm. like a little tight click of of artists. Jacqueline Rose, who's been, she'll be in the um the show coming up. But it's like people leave a lot, so it's hard to it's hard to keep a tight crew. But we got a little. There's actually a show coming up. Uh, uh this probably this won't be out by tomorrow. So it doesn't matter. But Carly has a show coming up um tomorrow night that we're all going to probably be at. Um, but yeah, we got a little. There's always been like a little incestuous crew, San Diego artists. It's it's a small scene. Even though I was just talking about how oh internet, but there's a group of people who, but that's sort of ends up being the problem in a scene, like especially with San Diego art, is that it's just the same fucking ten assholes showing at every show over and over again. Right. 
and that gets a little boring for right. right. It gets boring for me. I I don't know if it gets boring for everybody else, but I get sick of seeing it. But then well, I mean, you need the surprise element, right? I don't even. I don't even know what I want from art shows anymore. I think I just. I'm to the point where it's like I just want a, a fun party. I just want to have a good time now. Oh, really? Which it seems like counterintuitive from everything that I've <laughs> argued about before, like having a be something. Ch- it changes. Yeah, I'm more about experience now. Like I want to want to go have an experience. Uh oh. I don't know. In what the that means. in the woods. <laughs> yeah, in the woods. Wet porn. So did you, cool, did yeah. you find porn in the woods when you were a teenager? Oh, when you were a kid, yeah, yeah everybody yeah. did, right? Yeah. Ride your BMX in the woods, and like there'd be like some uh, jumps and some ramps and stuff out there, and there'd be like some old like Playboy uh-huh. under the ramp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think every every kid has had that experience. I think that experience is no longer happening for a lot of people. <laughs> it shouldn't be. It doesn't have to be. Little computers and iPads left around. Oh, porn God, on. I don't know what kids are doing these days. It's oh, dude, I can't even imagine. So scary. You got to get some like really young kids on this podcast and like be talking to them. Like what? Like if you're like okay, so if you're 20 years old, you were born in what 95? I don't know. Yeah, math's hard. Yeah, do the math. Yeah, and so like interview some like 20 year olds on this thing. All right. And so, like, they're like, what? Well, like, I have twenty. In, I have twenty year olds. Maybe not twenty. Well, if you were born in ninety five, that means like during nine eleven, you were six years old, right? Something like that. Okay. And so, you know, and what, like, two thousand? Okay, so when the iPhone came out was what two thousand seven or so. Uh huh. So you were twelve, or wait, yeah, like you'd be twelve if you were when the iPhone came out. If you were born in 95 and you're 20 years old. Yeah, that's crazy. So, you know, got to get some of that that voice on this. I was trying to get older. Up in, yeah. Yeah, I had I had a, an older contingency going. But I said, there's some people in their 20s. I don't know, man. I don't, I think it's hard enough to get people in their mid to late 20s who have something to say about anything, really. There's not much experience yet. I mean, there's experience, but it kind of takes a little while to, like, digest all of your experience and be able to talk about it, especially yeah, in you, in art. Like, a lot of people get nervous about just talking about their art, like, what in, like all that shit, like, what, like what it's all about. Because they don't uh, – fuck. Most people don't know what the fuck they're doing shit for. Doing well, it's it. like I could, I could talk about my art for a long time, but it's like when somebody just goes, like, leads in with, like, what's this all about? It's, like, too much of a big question to, like – you know, try to like, it's like, what the fuck are you all about? You know? And it's like, <laughs> well, where, you, let me start. How do you answer that? Like, it's just like, oh, uh, you know, and it just kind of like falls into nothing, you know, just like a big question. Yeah. Do you have a big question like that? For you? Yeah. Um, What's it all about? Really. I mean, I think it's like, I think that's what the beauty of this, this type of show or this kind of format is like breaking it down and talking about just like all this kind of like detailed kind of, it's like a lot of times when I was like uh, getting into like just starting up as an artist, like a lot of what I was thinking about was more like surrounding, like, it's not about like hitting the, like, cause in art, you know, you never, I don't think I've ever like made a painting that I set out to make. 
you know what I mean? But like what I ends up happening is I surround it. Like I surround, like, you know, it's like, there's an idea I have. And then like, I, I, I try to surround the idea and by surrounding it, you almost get the idea down, you know, rather than just trying to like hit the idea head on. Cause anyways, I've never done that. And I don't know if he's, if it's even possible with the way I, I paint or the way I approach it, you know? And so it's like, it's this very like weird thing of like, you know, that's like, how I enter every, and so like, I think that's the best way to even have a conversation because it's like, you don't like, sometimes you hit a thing on a head, you hit like a point on the head, but like, that's very rare. Sometimes when you talk about something so directly, it kind of is too on the head and it's like, Oh, it's kind of like too obvious. And it's almost like at night when you're looking at the stars and you're trying to look at a really faint star, you have to look just to the side of it to see it. Because if you look right at it, it gets drowned out by all the darkness. You know, it's the same kind of thing. And so, like, that's what I realized early on about, like, my painting process. It's like you kind of just got to put the whole scope of the idea down and surround the thing uh, and not just try to hit the nail on the head. Because anyways, I never do anyways. And I don't think I've ever made a painting that got close to what I thought I was going to paint when I started and I picked up the brush, you know. But I think that's not true with every artist. I think a lot of artists, like, they know exactly what they're going to paint or they're maybe, like, you know, inspired by a particular artist and they're trying to set out to emulate them or whatever. And most of my stuff is just totally subconscious level stuff. And I think that's the beauty of a show like this is you get to have that long form surrounding, like... And that's thing. some of the best conversations, too, like the most memorable or maybe, like, the stuff that after the show, I was like, oh, that was nice, is when things, like, evolve into a space where I never expected them to go to or where, like, my notes didn't have anything to do with the conversation that we had or, you know, that's, that's some right. of the, the fun stuff there. And, and even, like, like, even, like, yeah. doing portraiture, like, I'll do a drawing and I'll think it's going to look a certain way and when it's in paint in a different size and full color, it's a different thing. It's completely different. And there's no way, like, it's almost like being able to predict the future. It's kind of, I mean, you could, I guess, there's certain ways to be repetitive, but even each piece, I think there's some mystery to each one. So that's, that's the inspiring thing, too. I guess I like when I, to bring it back again to what I like, uh, what's inspiring. I think seeing stuff that's kind of mysterious, like, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah. Um, well, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, it's, it involves like playing, you know, a little bit and rather it's than that just adventure like, thing, you know, I mean, like playing chess or playing like sports or something. It's like, they, they can enter it with a game plan, but like, you know, like what actually happens out there, like Dr. J going in for a reverse under the basket, like wraparound dunk. Like you don't just, you don't like you have to, there's invention and improvisation involved and you couldn't just set out to think of that without like having all this adversity come flying in your face yeah. and that kind of thing. So like, that's the fun shit right there. Right. That's the, that's, well, that's like magic, you know, that's like yeah. the magic is like spinning out of something like Thelonious Monk playing piano. Okay. I'm back in. You got through. me. You got me. I'm back in. Okay. I like painting again. I hated it when okay. we started. Now I'm back in. Well, as I was asking all those boring <laughs> questions about podcasting, but like that's the shit that I'm, I, I, I try to like, that's what I love about doing art or whatever. And it's dangerous though, because like you got to have, 
it's it's what you call risk, like risk or reward, right? If like if you want to make some good art, there's got to be an element of risk in it. Like you could make a very competent painting, but without any risk in it, it's going to be a good painting. And um, you know, but to make for something to be great, I think all it has to do is have a level of competence, but it's 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 risk plus competence equals greatness. You know, so you, you got to toe the edge. So in other words, if you have, if you're just merely competent, but you have a high risk level, like say you're on the top of a building tagging some wall, that's like, there's like fucking cars, like flying, like say you're on an overpass tagging something yeah. risky your life. That's some dope shit, right? Yeah. It has value. Uh, like, there's like, holy shit. They were up there tagging that. And like, you know, you see that, you see that risk and all they have to do is be merely competent in their execution. Right. And so you could be great in your execution, but have little risk. And it's like, you know, that's great too, but it doesn't, I think there's a combination of risk plus, you know, you know, level of uh, expertise and competence, but the higher the risk, it's just like, you need less competence in a way. Uh, but obviously the best thing is like having like excellent competence and excellent risk. You know, but like you, but how do you get risk if you're just in your studio, like on a Wednesday afternoon painting is like, you have to kind of like start getting in this kind of like, you have to like conjure up this, this kind of like improvisational kind of thing and like kind of put yourself in a position to like, you know, I'm kind of like stumbling through like Thelonious Monk will stumble through a song and play some off keys. And that's how he kind of like, you know, his, his off keys or like his risk, you know, like this, the whole thing could fall apart right now, you know? Yeah. And so like, I don't know, like I subscribe to that, like to that kind of way of painting or creating, I think it's really important, you know? I've so, always been very calculated with my risk. Yeah. Like a gambler kind of, well, but like a, a, a statistics gambler, you know, like I try to always have the, the odds in my favor well so you know that's like what everybody I, I mean in life right it's like uh what is it convention conventional thought you know is like going to be right like what like 85 90 percent of the time <laughs> yeah. you know just yeah. like and that's why like society works in these like heavy duty conventions right? right but like yet and still like things happen that defy conventions but they don't always work right and so mm -hmm. that's where you get into the risk reward situation right and so so it's like it takes a lot of risk just to be an artist to begin with because it's not a very conventional pathway in life. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's so, what keeps a lot of people out, that unwillingness to take those risks. Yeah, right? And so because, like, it's very discouraging when you don't, you know, there's a, it's, a risk for, it's a risk for a reason, you know? You fuck up a lot of times, and it doesn't always work, so, you know? So, but I think that's the compelling stuff is when you see that in any art. Um, I don't know. I think that's when, when that's kind of like present, I think that's where like, you're going to get like inspiring. That's what, like, that's what art is all about, man. I think. Maybe. You know? To me. Anyways, yeah. like you were saying, you it could just be anything. <laughs> I was trying to spark up the conversation. You, a could, do, you could do whatever you want. I think that's what I, that's what I try to preach. Just do whatever the fuck you want. If you, I know even like sometimes when it, it feels bad, just keep, just keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is like, just like 
flying in the face of discouragement. Like there's so much like, you know, just being an artist over a long period of time. Right. It's like, there's so much discouraging shit. Like just doing your podcast, like you don't get to hear a positive feedback. People may like you, but you don't hear it. Right. Yeah. So, so it's like uh, a lot of like, just when you hit your like late thirties and forties and stuff, it's just like getting into like, just overcoming discouragement sounds like a, like a, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard. It's kind of wears it. It's the wearing down, like yeah. all that dis discouragement, you know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's like the pain you feel in your lower back from crouching over a, an easel or a desk yeah. for 15 years. That might, that might be a good spot to end it for, yeah, I got to go make some jujitsu today. There you go. Yeah. I'm going to go try to choke some people and get some aggression out. I'm just kidding. No, it's just uh do it. fundamentals class today. I'm gonna work on the fundamentals, get back to the basics. You know what I mean? All right, we'll put the fun and fundamental, you know what I'm saying? All right. Do you feel good? Or put the or put the fund in fundamental. Or put the mental. Put the mental and the fund. Please put them all in there. Put the Al in there. Whatever. Put the damn in there. All right. Did we get everything? Do we get everything we're supposed to get out of there? Uh, do, you want, do you need part two? Oh, I don't know. Do you? No. Like, I think like part two is in five years. Another five years from now. Okay, that's the pact. We'll Anyways, talk, we'll talk again I in five years. I hope, I hope we properly honored this podcast. I think it's a great service you do. Uh, you know, and I just, uh, I just want to like say, keep on trucking. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to talk with me and. Um... And, uh, and, and your interest in the show. I know that there's people out there, and I, I uh, that's sort of what's going to keep me going. Yeah, so people, give Mike an email. Give him give 50 him bucks. Some encouragement. Give him some encouragement, monetarily or otherwise. Send me your golds. Yeah. And your jewels. All right, bud. All right, man. Uh, Thank you. What's your sign-off thing? Oh, I... What do you want to make make one up for your own? Do, I usually do. I do internet dap. Do you want to do internet dap? Do you want to? I'll come up with something really like brilliant in like uh, five minutes after we get off. Probably. Do you want to hug the computer screens? Will the people will people think it's weird if they see you hugging your computer screen? We can man hug the computer. Nah. <laughs> you sure it, it's our? It'll be our digital friendship thing. I think I'm good. Okay. You don't want to internet dap then. Uh, I think I'm good. All right. We could internet high five. Uh, I think we're good here. Internet shaka. Maybe that's it. That's it. Uh, I think we're good here. I like it. I like it. Okay, perfect. Thanks, bud. I'll talk to you later. All right. See Sanity. What could become of the green? Bell?
got no ambition I'm just a 